Hello, welcome to Rally Caps on podcast. Instead of our normal, uh, how, is, how do I say it? Normal schedule, we're going to be getting straight into a heated debate. Hi, mate, go. All right, today, folks, we tackle the age-old question, one of the more important things in the sports world. T. Willie, we're talking pancakes v. waffles. Uh, I mentioned before, I am a staunch pancake supporter. You mentioned that you Ooh. may have a different different opinion. Defend, uh-huh. defend yourself. All right. I'm going waffles. Uh, just strictly based on versatility, especially with the Eggos. You've got them coming in a two-pack. You can make a Eggo waffle sandwich. Uh, little th- heat up. While you're heating up your, uh, your Eggo waffles, you throw your meat and cheese. Right. Get ready. Go. Eggo sandwich on the run. Oh. Or if you got one, let's say someone steals your Eggo. Lego my ego, and then you've got one. You make ego taco, and you throw whatever you got in your fridge on the go. It's the most versatile, versatile thing you can keep, especially if you had to choose between one or the other. Pancakes to me, you got to get the batter ready. You got to heat it up. I just don't eat pancakes enough to really even know how the process works, but. I know they're not as easy as waffles. So you're a clear waffle guy. And listen, nobody's going to take anything away from an ego, whether it's their ads or just the the toaster deliciousness that they are. But to me, I think I think you're crazy. I think this is pancakes all the way. No. And and I think pancakes, <laughs> pancakes are that guy. They're like they're like the DeMar DeRozan of food. You know exactly what you're going to get. Are they the best? Are they the best food in the world? Are you going to win a championship with pancakes? No, but you can count on them every night. They're going to go out there, they're going to give you 20 points, six boards, a couple assists. Uh, and I think for waffles, it's it's such a there's such a vast array. I mean, a poor listen, a well done waffle is is truly something to admire. But I think uh you can have some really shitty waffles. I like I like the uh, it's a conservative play, I think, but I, I just like the steadiness of the of the pancake. Um plus plus like what about toppings? Like pancakes. Yeah. If we're gonna get into gourmet, if we're gonna get into gourmet, I, I mean if you go to IHOP and you order the the chocolate chip or the um like whatever their seasonal one is, I had their Christmas seasonal ones and unreal. They they had Oreos uh and like a sweet icing on them. They were they were fire. Uh, that was also just because I don't think they have waffles at IHOP. Is that right? Just because they're the International House of Pancakes. It would seem a little disingenuous if they did. That's yeah. uh, maybe you guys can fact check us. Fact check us on that. So, Tivoli, was that probably don't need it. Was that a reversal? Were you? No. Were you okay? No, sticking with waffles. Well, versatility. Uh, the if you want to compare to sports athletes, let's go with Luka Doncic and. He you looks got, like he's been eating a lot of waffles this yeah, this offseason. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh that was funny when he was sunburnt too. And you, you, that was that was not a good <laughs> How does good that happen? Yeah. But let's go Luka Doncic because you you can pass him off, you can he's going to rebound, you can throw whatever you want inside of that thing and they're always going to score, especially when you're starving in the morning, you can stack like six of these puppies on one on one ego peanut butter Ego peanut butter, and you got like a good four or five stack of these suckers, and they're going to be smacking. So you that, can you can do what you want with them. That's a good point. Is there a uh, is there a Belgian NBA player? Like I feel like the 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 Belgian waffle. Like woo-hoo. yeah, one didn't come to mind. Like, if, but um, if, if there is, that's a that's a ringing endorsement. So 
Guys, we'd appreciate it. Um, hit us up on the Instagram. Let us know if you are Team Waffles or if you're right, like me, and you're Team Pancakes. regular scheduled programming here we just want to thank you our listeners we appreciate all the love uh go check out the instagram for the photo of me wearing the tb12 shirt from the bet we're gonna have a double down bourbon street bet going on this weekend saints versus bucks uh we're we're gonna these are higher stakes this time i didn't really i pretty much didn't even give jaime something to do until like afterwards like till like halftime when the game was actually close but this time I thought of something and it's going to be good if new Orleans pulls this one off, but we also just want to say thank you again. If, if you like today's episode, please, please, please tell a friend, just one friend. And that friend's going to tell another friend once they listen and just also tell them a little bit about our show. Let them know what your favorite rally cap is. As you guys know, I'm a huge bandito guy. Jaime's the inside out, but, we just appreciate that, and let's get right into it. We're, we've got a lot. we got a heavy slate. There's a lot of shit that went down this weekend. From the national championship, Bama just working uh, Ohio State, to the massive trade that happened in the NBA, to this weekend's games. We've got four massive football games this weekend, and we're going to get straight into it. Let's start uh, chronological order. I always like to do that, so we're just going to stick with that pretty much every single week. But right now we're going national championship recap. Um, Bama football. I, I've got a wild stat. I'm sure you've heard this on, on other, on other syndications on ESPN was saying this as well, but here's something that that'll blow your mind guys. If you have been recruited by Alabama football, if Nick Saban has come into your living room in the last 14 years, uh, that's how long he's been there, right? Since yeah. oh, oh, okay. So it's his 14th season. So, and if he guaranteed to you that you would win a national title if you stayed there until your junior year, which is when um, you, you're allowed to declare for the draft, if he guaranteed that you would win a national title, that he would be factually correct. So, wow. Yeah, he, he they've won it no more than three years span apart from each other, which is just unbelievable. Uh, yeah, even if you're leaving early, you're you're guaranteed a title, which is just amazing. Um, I don't think this is going to change very much in the future. Jaime, what, what were your thoughts on this game? I mean, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Bama dominated. You saw that they had a different level of talent on the field than even Ohio State, which is obviously uber talented. The I saw some other crazy stats I saw at one point during the telecast. They said that Alabama had scored a touchdown on 30 of their last 37 offensive possessions. Uh, I saw that they scored a touchdown in all 52 or 50 of 52 quarters this, this year. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. We broke down last time. We talked a little bit about the, 
the level of talent that they've been able to amass. Uh, this was Saban's seventh national championship, I believe. Yeah. So he passes Bear Bryant in an era where it's so much more difficult to to do. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's all Bama, and it's just it's their world, and we're all just living in it. I yeah. I want to I want to ask you though, is this the best? Is this the best sports dynasty of all time? Potentially. I mean, you, you've got to start. They're in the mix for sure. I mean, I, I don't since the they're the best one that we've watched in person as far as like the 70s and 80s go, uh, like the Lakers and Celtics and certain teams like that that were dominating like the was it the 20s Yankees? Yeah, uh, th- those are those are incredible dynasties as well. But as far as the ones that we've watched uh, between I mean, the San seven, Antonio Spurs, seven out of fourteen is right. That's what they've oh. that's what they've won basically. So. Yeah, they win it every other year. And I if mean, you, the, the Patriots, and they basically right because I don't think save it, they didn't win the first two years he was there. Correct. When did they win the first one? Oh, uh, nine maybe. Yeah, maybe even the first three years. So really, it's it went seven, eight, and then nine. They won. Okay, so seven out of 11, 12 years. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, so, like, I would say statistically you'd have to look. The Yankees had a run from the late 40s to 50s. I think they won six in a row maybe. They won, like, eight out of 11 or something like that. But, again, at the time there was 14 teams in all of Major League Baseball. You could look at, like, the early Celtics when there was, like, eight NBA teams. I mean, this is – this is, even if you just look at the power five, that's like 60 teams. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I really think you have to, uh, and you look at the fact that they're doing not only that, but another point for this is different players, mm-hmm. right? You don't just have Bill Russell on the team yeah. captaining it the entire time. They got a new QB every year. It's, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, yeah. Kudos Alabama. Shout out Nick Saban. Shout out all those coaches recruiting, uh, yeah, and I, and this just speaks to again not to belabor the point, but this is why I really think that expanding the playoff and getting more teams in, I don't, I really just think that it's going to lead to more domination by these top schools because they're going to have a chance to, they you can't trip them up with one loss during the regular season. They're all if you expand it, Alabama is going to be in the playoffs every single year. And they're going to be more talented than every other team with a chance to beat them, even if they lost two, maybe three games in the regular season. So, also, um, Smith, Devonte, Devonte, cheat code. What? It's not fair. <laughs> it's literally not fair how fast he is. Why does he look like he's not running fast, but he's going past everyone? He makes some of the fast guys look not so fast. Also, his arms. How? What is it? Do we know what? What's his wingspan? His arms are oh, like yeah. incredible. He's like Spider Man. That you saw that picture yeah. of him, right? He's just scratching his knuckles sta- or scratching his kneecaps, standing straight up. Yeah, it's, it's like, it, yeah. I mean, that dude. That he uh, he's going to be dangerous woo. to whoever drafts that guy in the NFL. I'm. I think the the immediate thing I was thinking of is the Dolphins. If they're going to trade for Deshaun, they got to try to keep that third pick somehow and get sell the the rest of the house. Oh, I don't know. Try to get Deshaun and Devonte on one team. Oh, if they danger, could, if they could do that, I don't see any way. Yeah, I feel like there's no way Texans shit. would give it up. Shout out Texans! I know you guys yeah, are are struggling a little bit with how to do this thing, like managing a football team. Do not trade Deshaun Watson unless you get the third pick. I know, I know you guys are listening. Take that to heart. I know sometimes uh, you guys struggle with that, so just that's a little pro tip for you guys. You're gonna need to get that pick. Yeah. 
whoever gets that guy is about to change the game. I mean, unreal speed. Also, one one last thing I want to say on that. Uh, I like to consider myself one of the biggest Ohio State haters. So um, shout out all the annoying Buckeye fans. I was super excited to see you guys just get absolutely mauled, have no chance, be belittled, not deserve to be on the same field. Just just honestly embarrass your in your entire program. So that always feels good. Always feels good. Are where do you have where do you have Ohio State in terms of most annoying fan bases? Are they up They're there up for there. you? Yeah, for sure. That was one that I mean, I have a couple uh, Ohio State fans that are customers of mine that I saw the next day. It wasn't even worth like mentioning. That was how bad this game was. Like it was it was such a blowout that I was just like this guy knows he's not going to say. Did they try to tell you that they've beat Michigan a bunch of times? Because I know they really like to go back on that one. No, they, they've they've beat that drum a couple times before, okay. though. Yeah. So I, I've I've heard it all. But yes, that was a ass kicking for the ages, and the overhit, which absolutely pissed me off because I I had the I had under seventy five and a half, so that was tagger. I thought I mean at halftime I was like, well, I'll just throw some popcorn in and I'll I'll just watch a good game and try to see Bama score seventy, but. And then it ends up one half a point over, and that 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 really chapped my ass. But. Do do you feel like T Willie? Do you feel like you're kind of a like a serial killer for betting the under, or f- like yeah, a little bit. I I don't I don't like that about I'm you. Very man. cavalier. But, yeah, I don't I don't. Uh, so my my original thought process is whatever I'm thinking first, I pick the opposite because ooh, reverse psychology. Yeah, I, I, and sometimes that that goes in against me. You know, it it doesn't always help, but. That that's kind of my thought process these last couple couple months. Whatever I'm thinking initially is going to be wrong. So I usually try to talk myself into why I was wrong with my original take and take the other side of it. Folks, if you're following that, good for you, uh, and hopefully that gives you some good advice. My advice for you uh, for you gamblers at home that want to end up like, oh, I don't know, minus several thousand lifetime like me. Uh, don't bet the under. It's it's no fun. I've, I I have a personal vendetta against betting the under because I want to I want to see points. So I'm I'm an over or nothing guy for me personally. Yeah, you can't complain with that. I, that's that's kind of how I started off, and then I noticed the under you involved it a lot more. So let's um let's talk a little bit more about Bama just because I got some fun facts after this game. I kind of looked out, and but it, I mean it's not that you guys were wondering, but this is pretty much going to be a guarantee for the next couple of years. They have the best recruiting class ever coming in next year based on terms of rankings in their top 300 players. They have the most top 300 players any team has ever recruited ever. So they're going to get much better year over year. And Nick Saban has done an incredible job of adapting. Cause I mean, what five years ago we were seeing them win games like 18 to three, 12 to zero and they were completely defense. And then the one year he got beat with offense, uh, who, who beat him? Auburn? Was it Cam Newton that kind of changed his mind about running offense and, and turning them into an offensive juggernaut? I think it was because the read option, they couldn't really stop it, and Bama or Bama loses to Auburn. And Nick Saban pretty much said, like, if this is how we're going to do it, then we're going to play some offense now. And – it's ever since then they've been pretty much the one of the best offenses of the, of the last decade. And so they've got five first rounders this year, at least like guaranteed first rounders. And it looks like maybe like seven, if depending on who teams need and how it all shakes out, but they've got Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee, uh, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, most likely 
Patrick Certain, the defensive back, Alex Leatherwood, a lineman, which is, by the way, a fantastic name. Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. Starting at left tackle from the University of Alabama, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that just hits different. And they've got Deontay Brown, uh, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle. I mean, th- this is like the U in the 80s. You, you, I, the, that's the first thing that comes to mind when you see all these first-rounders. These are just dudes that we're going to see year over year. If you see a guy playing at Bama, you're going to see him in the NFL. That's that's just how it goes. Uh, let's go on to next year, though. So let's let's think about the quarterbacks that have left college football this year. So we've got Justin Fields gone, Trevor Lawrence gone, Kyle Trask gone. There's basically a new slate of teams that has a chance to rise up. Uh, I know Georgia will be returning JT Daniels, right? Yep. And then you've got uh, USC. Keaton Slovis will be a junior. Yep. And other than that, I mean, the Texas A&M quarterback, uh, Mond, he, it that feels like he's yeah. been there for about six years. Yeah, he hasn't exhausted his eligibility yet. Yeah, um, I don't know. Miami, Derek King's coming back, I believe. For his sixth year. Yep. Man, like, whew, that's crazy. That's how long I spent in college. Um, well, I, I'm going to say my way too early playoff is going to be Bama, of course. I'm throwing USC in there. Ooh. And Georgia is going to make it. And then we've got another team, most likely Ohio State or Clemson. It's going to be one of those two. Probably going to be Clemson with their uh, their backup quarterback. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, big old Hawaiian guy. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping – to uh, to see the trend get bucked with the Pac-12 and see USC work their way into it, but we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I I, I kind of like what's coming up next year. A little bit change of pace, new slate of teams possibly going to rise up, stay in the top five. Excited for that. But for now, au revoir to college football. It's going to be a little bit of time till we talk about that. So we're going on to Mr. James Harden. All right, guys. So on to the news of the day. Um, we're James Harden. So walk you guys through the timeline. Tuesday night, they get outscored by 19 in the for- first quarter in L.A. against the Lakers. Premier matchup for the league. Harden was done. I mean, honestly, T. Willie, I did you see that game? Yes. It, that that was an embarrassment. To I turned ba- it off. It, that was an embarrassment to to professional basketball and it, it's just that's not good. That's not good for anyone to see. Uh, he was absent. Um, you might say he wasn't playing hard enough, but <laughs> uh, I mean, the, 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 so the Rockets fall to three and six after the game, his press conference. I mean, he literally just shit on all yeah. his teammates, the organization. He was cutting the rope. He was just saying, I'm, I'm out. I mean, I have you, can you think of another situation in which a player has so evidently through his actions, through his play, through his comments, just completely abandoned isn't the right word quit like i feel like i need a stronger word than quit like assassinated his team yeah he like cooed himself basically like just yeah assassinated himself from the team you know it was it was one of the weirdest things having a guy just go out there and rip on his own teammates like that and he got some he got some whip back too from boogie and boogie was like we haven't done anything to this guy to make him act the way he's acting right now Listen, if DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, one of the all-time bad guys who has had 
attitude problems and chemistry issues with a lot of people almost everywhere he's been who allegedly was threatening to kill coaches in, in Sacramento and all that. If he thinks you're a bad teammate, James Harden, wake the F up. You're being an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like <laughs> that might be the most damning thing out of all of this is DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins. Flashback 2012, if I tell you DeMarcus Cousins is calling out James Harden for being a bad teammate. <laughs> yeah, I would call I mean, you crazy. I mean, call you crazy. I know we're in 2021, but that's some 2020 shit right there. Yeah. Uh, So... Again, you got you guys know the situation. You you see what's happening, and we are in. So we're in the air. This is the player empowerment air, and all of us on Twitter, Instagram, right? We're trying to be those woke sports fans. And listen, I I don't think you'll find many people that are more pro player than me. I do think that the players should have a lot more control over their career. I do think that the best players should be uh, dictating, at least to some regard, where they're playing. I do think that it's okay for these guys to want to play with other great players and to do something special. If you're if you're great at what you do, you want to work with other people that are great. That's not that's not a sports thing. That's you see that in business, you see that in art. Um this is too far. This is too far. It's it's like you 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 drink too much water, it'll kill you. You don't drink any water, it'll kill you. James Harden, you have two years left on your contract. This franchise has made every single i mean should we do the rundown of all the people that have come in no dwight howard chris paul russell westbrook john wall jeff green clint capella all these guys that they got rid of that they trashed for you because that's not what you wanted and you have two years left on a max contract they offer you a super max and not only do you demand a trade but you act like a total asshole to force your way out to go to brooklyn i t willie you gotta i I need a moment i need a moment so what, what I think, what, what confuses me is that when a guy acts like this and he just complains publicly about his teammates, what, what kind of team is going to, I mean, yes, I saw the the GM of the Nets saying, if, if James Harden's out there, we're going to do whatever we can to make him get on our team. But why? why? Why go through this, especially when you're already having some issues with Kyrie Irving? Um have, have has anyone uh, checked in on Kyrie? Has have has he made contact? And we're we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. So that's a well break them break down the trade. So so if you guys are listening to this, you know. So the next day it's announced in a four team trade. The Brooklyn Nets have acquired the rights to James Harden. Um, so real quick, if we want to break it down, essentially what Harden is going to the Nets. Um, Karis LeVert is going to be shipped off. He's going to end up in Indiana. Victor Oladipo is going to go to Houston. The Cavs are going to end up with Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. The Cavs saw what the Pistons were doing with acquiring all the centers, and they're like, not so fast. We're going to get all the centers. So so we've got – we literally have an arms race in the East between the Cavs and Pistons to see who can have the highest average roster height. Um, And then there's a bunch of picks, right? So we got, what, four first-rounders and then four pick swaps. The first pick swap is this year. So, I mean, that's, I, that, that's not the next six years, basically. That's not going to be, that's not going to be a swap. So it, it, to, to boil it down. So if you're Houston, you traded a top five player and you ended up with Victor Oladipo, who's on an expiring contract and a bunch of, and you get six first round picks that are, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are all going to be towards the end of the first round. Right? Like, I mean, cause if you're getting Brooklyn's pick, that's going to be 25, 25 plus. 
I yeah, I mean, you would think you would think they're gonna they're gonna be late first round picks. I, I they didn't do enough. Houston for Houston, this is this yeah, is you've got to get some lottery picks. I, if I don't be doing, this. and they needed to get young. I mean, Oladipo. So if you're Houston, the upside is you get a chance to take a flyer on Oladipo. You're hoping he can return to All NBA form like two years ago. He's looked. I heard it. Uh, uh, Rosillo and, and Bill Simmons said it really best. I'm going to steal this straight from them. He looks healthy. He just looks really bad at basketball. So he, he, I, I mean, he looks healthy. He looks better, which is good. He just looks like he's not he's very bad. good right now. He's been good before. Though. He's been good before. Yeah. He was all so. NBA two years ago, but you just gave up James Harden and you, and, and you don't, I mean, I would, I know, I know contracts and didn't work, but like not even Jared Allen coming back. You don't end up with Karis LeVert there. Those are two important role players that, it, it, that those guys got them to the playoffs without Kyrie and KD last year, which I think people forget a lot about that, but Brooklyn got in and both they, those guys are, are very good. They very kind good of players. disturbed Milwaukee in the first round. Uh, they, Karis LeVert went out and scored. I want to say it was like high thirties, maybe 40 points in one of the games and they beat him. And he's, he's a legit scorer. He's a guy that can actually step up. And if I think the whole winner of this thing was the Cleveland Cavaliers getting getting Allen and Prince and not really having to give up anything. I like it. I like it for the Pacers too. I think the Pacers. Yeah, those the outliers of this were probably the winners of this sure. thing, in my opinion. For sure. So if you're the Nets, you have taken this is the ultimate. Um, it's ironic he didn't go to the Sixers because this is the ultimate Daryl Morey talent above all else all else approach. So. The Nets have assembled maybe the second best big three of all time. I, I mean, arguably, yeah, I think we got to go with Miami having the best big three ever, right? With LeBron, I, I, I think D-Wade, so. I think so. I think so. But it's and Ray Allen was on that team too. So yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I I think it's close though because I think you could make the argument that KD is the best player in the in the NBA right now, and then. Um, Harden, I think, is a top five player, and Kyrie's maybe not an MVP level player, but he's more he's more than an All Star. So, so the Nets have gone all in on the talent, and let me go all in on tripling down. If you think the Nets can win an NBA championship with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and we'll get to Kyrie Irving because maybe they won't have Kyrie Irving. If anyone wants, I got I got to throw this in there first too. I, if anyone wants to buy my future pick off me. My the one I took at uh, Brooklyn Nets plus eleven hundred. I I am open to any offer if someone wants to buy that off me and uh, get better odds than what they can currently buy right now. If you think the Nets are going to win, I will sell you the rights to my Brooklyn Nets future to win the championship. Resume. There you go, folks. That that's an offer. Uh, so if you're in on the Nets, we'll see. I just think. It's going to be interesting. Honestly, I'm excited as a fan. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm also excited because I think it's going to literally end up in a gi- gigantic dumpster fire slash explosion slash bonfire, something something horrible. But the Nets have the most talented team in the East, and it's not close right now. Uh, they also have two of arguably the most difficult players of all time to get along with. And let's get into Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's been two weeks since it's been two weeks since this season has started, right? And he has, I mean, he makes headlines almost every single day. Like he first he says he's an artist. Next, he's walking out there with a sage, uh, doing some voodoo magic on the court. He obviously he's a good player. Like, like we're always gonna say that. Understood. Yeah, we're always gonna say he's a great player, and 
he's a game changer when he's in there. But and then next this this past week, he says he's taking time off for personal reasons. Gets photographed. Well, hold on. Let's let's not misrepresent Kyrie. Let's give him a direct quote. I just don't want to play. Quote unquote. Yes. So I just don't want to play. And then he's a day later. Like you'd think he would have the wherewithal to say like, "Hey, please no photos of me." Um, while I'm while I just told the team that pays my salary that I don't feel like playing and I won't be there tonight, but apparently he doesn't. So he's photographed at a party for a family member, I believe. We think so, yeah. Yeah, without a mask on, so he's violating the protocol. And whether or not you believe in the mask, that's a different thing. But his employer has a rule. Yes, and he violated the rule. Yes, the the league that's, that's has rules, factual. and he's he's going against the rules. And so now he has to sit out additional games. The next day, he's photographed on a Zoom call with a politician. I won't mention who because I don't know who because I don't really care, but I just saw that he was on a Zoom call with some politician. And it's it's just incredible to me, like the the audacity of Kyrie Irving just to think that he is so above everyone else and his own rules and whatever, like if the Nets think that he's somehow going to conform to being the number three now and saying, Hey, you actually don't get to shoot until James and KD have got theirs and you're no longer the number two, but you're the number three again. And you, you've never, he's actually never been a number three anywhere I, he's been. And Kyrie wasn't cool with being the number two to the greatest player of all time to ever play basketball. Yeah. So now, now he's going to be cool with being the number three. To some dude that weighs 280 pounds? Yeah, he looks like a left tackle. He looks like he, or a, like an NFL tight end right now. He's he's a unit. And I oh, also, I forgot to mention that in this trade, it seems like at the very bottom in some fine print, there was a clause showing that he they the Nets are not allowed to wear the baby blue jerseys because the, that is not a good color for James Harden. And he said, I will not play. He's like, I will do the same exact thing in – force my way out of town if you make me wear that baby blue and red which i i, I cannot blame the guy at all i can for agree doing with that. him on that I yes that's on one that. thing we can all get behind it that that's the most important part that should have been like first paragraph Absol- of this contract absolutely let see willie let me let me let me talk about kyrie irving for a second here so kyrie irving this this situation this situation with uh with kyrie is like it's like when you're growing up and you're playing sports and that you have that friend, that kid that jumps from team to team and every team he plays for the coach is an idiot. That's why he's on the bench. And nine teams later, you're like, dude, maybe you're not very good. So for Kyrie, it didn't work in Cleveland. It didn't work in Boston. It's not working in Brooklyn. At some point you need to look in the mirror. It's Kyrie Irving. He is a malcontent. He's difficult to get along with. He's moody. He's arrogant. He's he's just he's not a team player, right? He's not the type of guy. You hear this all the time and it's cliché, but if there's one thing I believe, these clichés in sports mean something. And there's a reason when you talk to these athletes that have won and succeeded at the biggest level and they've done it multiple times, they all speak in these clichés. People think that they just do that because they don't have anything to say, but I really think that it's because they get it at they a resonate. They yes. get it on a level that some of us don't get. And when you say that sacrifice is the number is all arguably the number one component to winning championships, I fully believe that. And Kyrie Irving has done nothing in his whole career to show that. And, and Kyrie Irving, let me just say this, right? Because I, I really do try to be, I try to be fair to the players. 
if you feel convicted, if you feel strongly that you are called to spend your time addressing issues outside of the basketball court, let me stand with a lot of other people when I say that I fully support you. And I think that's admirable. And I think that you should do that. And I think that maybe you could make big change in the world. But you cannot do that while also collecting $40 million a year as an NBA player. If you want to quit the NBA and go be a civil rights activist, and that's what, how, what you're compelled to do, you should do that. But you're being disingenuous right now because you are actively holding the role of an NBA point guard and you're not fulfilling it. You're not doing your job. You're not playing. And, and to me, that's the worst thing you could say about someone is they don't do their job. And, and I, I, if, 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 if he doesn't understand that, and if you're, if you're going to let him off the hook for that, I, I, I honestly don't, I don't know what else to say about that. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a good point, but I was, I got kind of entranced by, by what you were just saying right there. Well, okay. Here it is. What when you said like the the greats have these simple terms that they break things down to, it's because that's how simple it is for them. They know that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, I can simplify this process down to a few words. And if it if what I'm if my goal doesn't match these few words, then I'm not going to do it. And Kyrie seems to have that very blurry, and he he cannot decipher between the two he, he only wants things to go his way and when it doesn't he, he immediately bails and that's just not something that super successful players and just people in general do and he wants to get paid he and, still and wants he's, to get paid. he's expecting to be paid as if he is if he is that guy which it's they're gonna run into some issues i, I mean if they make it to the all-star break and they're still uh i, I mean who knows what's gonna happen honestly i I think I, I listened to Stephen A. yesterday, and he was telling Kyrie to just straight up retire. And I, I for one, for once in my life, I kind of agree with Agreed. him. Yes, Agreed. like I, I think Stephen A. kind of hit it on the head. If you're if you're not gonna like be committed to this team, because clearly Kevin Durant is committed to this team. Yep. He he puts his ass on the line every night. If he can play, he will play, and he plays the hell out of it until the buzzer. He does not give up. That dude has a purpose every single game that he goes out and Kyrie doesn't seem to have that. And if you're dude, if you're not going to, if you're not going to show that same commitment that KD is showing uh, KD, I hope I know, I know you've got a bigger voice than me, man, but you should speak up. You should let you should let Kyrie know exactly how all of us are feeling because it's frustrating to watch you do something so incredible and watch Kyrie do his own thing and spoil what, He's honestly ruining, not ruining, but he's he's hurting this season for you. And this is this is a year that we weren't even sure what KD was going to do a couple months ago. And he has by far blown away our expectations yep. of how yep. good of a player he is. And he is back 100%. He is a stone-cold killer. And I, you deserve better than that, KD. And I've, I've always been kind of anti-KD. I don't know why he just seemed like a, a guy I wanted to cheer against, but... In the last couple of years, I, I I see a different side of him, and he is mature and strong, and he is he deserves better. I'll I'll, I'll just want to leave it at that. You know that KD is invested in in winning, and and again for for Kyrie Irving, you need to you need to decide if you're going to do your job or not, and if you if you decide that your heart's not in it, 
I, I fully support you. And let me go on record as saying that if he chooses to retire to pursue other interests that he's passionate about, I will reverse my stance as a Kyrie hater. And I will, and I will go on record as support. I will go on record as saying that that is an admirable thing and we can all learn from it. But right now what you're doing is you're collecting a paycheck for a role that you're not fulfilling. So you doing media sessions, you playing games for your teammates, all of these things are part of your job requirement that enable you to make $40 million. I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm saying that if you want $40 million to do that stuff, you have to do it. That's so you need you, you need to make a decision. And and honestly, I mean, if you're the Nets organization, this whole it's just it's a it's a messy situation. And uh, well, stay tuned, folks. I I, I mean, you guys are going to see when we talk NFL. It's, I'm on a hot. I'm on a big run of I told you so. Here we we came at you a couple weeks ago. We said this Kyrie thing was going to blow up. Well, we're three weeks in, and it is smoldering. The mushroom is expanding. Yep. All right. But seriously, uh, if if you guys, if anyone wants to take me up on that uh, Brooklyn future to win, I I got them at plus eleven hundred, and they are currently at plus two seventy. So, what are you going to need to sell that? What are you looking for? Uh, like two to one on your money, or what? Nah, just message me, and I'll I'll send you the details. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't need an offer right now, but I, I I'll take one. I'll just say that. Do Milwaukee or Philly need to make a move, or just let these guys just burn and crash and burn? Bradley Beal. Ooh. I like that. Bradley Bill. That's what we need. That, okay. That's there's no way he finishes the season in Washington. To either one of them. I love him in Philly. You space. You yeah, get, you get a shooter. Yeah. Simmons and Embiid doesn't work. That's not the right, it's not the right fit. Them adding Curry is huge, though. It's huge. So I, I like what they, they need one more. Yeah. So the Philly is doing the right things with their roster makeup. The problem they have is their two best players, I believe, are incompatible. You have two players. Who don't score well? Simmons Simmons doesn't shoot, and your best player is a center. It's it doesn't. It, I mean, it'd be nice if Simmons could learn how to shoot, but we talked about that before. You guys know my thoughts on it. They're playing well right now, but they they I don't think they can. No, not I don't think they cannot win a championship with this current roster construct. So I don't I don't know how they make that work. But Bradley Beal is the next piece that we're not talking about yet. Where where is he going to go? I'd be shocked if he finishes the season in Washington. Yeah. Um. People forget he was second in the league in scoring last year. So the dude can air it out. Bradley Bradley Bill is he's a top five player in the NBA. If and if he's I, I I firmly believe that. You just haven't you just haven't seen him in terms of what he brings to the modern game. He's a two-way player. He plays good defense. He's got he's got positional versatility. He shoots lights out. He can handle the rock. He's and he seems to be at least playing very hard and committed to winning. So for Milwaukee, I don't know. I don't think that they would be able to any moves that Milwaukee makes, they're going to make on the periphery because I don't think that they can make it work cap wise. And I don't think they're looking to move one of those big pieces. I think for Philly, if they're willing to part ways with Simmons, that opens the door for all sorts of right. possibilities. Milwaukee's more of a game plan adjustment. Philly needs one more piece. I think so. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. We have NFL weekend. We've got the divisional round. We are excited to see what happens this weekend. We're going to go chronological order. We've got a heater of games. Uh, I mean, these are the these are the top eight teams in the league, as, as we've been kind of uh, looking at all year. It's the, the cream is rising to the top right now. We're going to start chronological. We've got Rams-Packers. So the Packers right now, as of what's today, 
Thursday. Thursday night. This is going to be released Friday morning. Thursday night, we've got the Packers as six and a half point favorites. The over under is at 45 and a half. It looks like just a classic best offense versus best defense game. I'm going to give you my preference. I always like to see the defense in these matchups. I know the league is trending towards offense. More offense, the better. Uh, we've got Green Bay averaging 31.8 points per game. They're just a wagon. If you if you want to see something funny, just go ahead and pull up Aaron Rodgers' stats this year. Incredible. I think he's got 43 touchdowns, uh, like five picks. He's just insane. He's just a machine. Um LA's defense, however, has been giving up 18 and a half points per game, which is number one in the league as far as being able to stop teams. Uh, they've got Jalen Ramsey, who as of last week, we saw him pretty much handle DK Metcalf. DK had one one breakout score, uh, got open a few times. Uh, looked like that was more of a zone defense type thing, but when Jalen Ramsey is guarding somebody, they are they are not going to be moving the ball at the field very much, and so you we've got to expect to see him guarding Devontae pretty much the whole time. Devontae's got 18 touchdowns this year, so he's got pretty much. Is that a true stat? Yeah, he's got 18 touchdowns. Oh my god! Yeah, he scores more than one a game right now. Uh, it's it's going to be an incredible matchup. It, this is probably the best like one v one matchup that we're going to see this weekend. As far as just two absolutely talented guys, two guys that are at the top of their game, and uh, I've got to I've got to give you my pick right now. I'm I'm leaning towards the Rams to cover this thing at six and a half. Um, I'm probably gonna go soft as soon as uh, game time rolls around and probably buy the hook, get them at seven and a half. Uh, it it takes your odds down a little bit, but. It, just in case it's a it's a touchdown victory for Green Bay, but this game is going to be closer than people think for sure. And I know Green Bay can score, and they haven't necessarily played a ton of good teams this year. And we don't really know the Rams' quarterback situation right now, but I'm still not concerned if they have to bring in Wolford. I mean, it's going to be the same thing as last week. Like, doesn't matter who their quarterback is, if the Rams play defense they like they're supposed they to, say it's going to be Goff. All right, so it's going to be Goff. I, I've got to say there's got to be some kind of concern with him in 30-degree weather with a broken thumb like less than two weeks ago. But even if even if Goff isn't really like able to move the ball that well, they can run the ball. They've, they're very, very diverse. And you want to know another crazy stat? I'd love to. Yes. So the Rams, if they're winning at halftime under Coach Sean McVay, they are undefeated. Wow. They have never lost with a lead going into half. Nice job, Jason, up there. Yeah. I tried to do it last week because I took Seattle, but it didn't work. They're that, that good. If I mean, that shows yeah. you that they make the adjustments. They know how to stick to the game plan. And if it's working, if, if it ain't broke, they ain't fixing it. And they're going to keep winning that game. So if they're up at half... And for some reason, do you see you see the odds still in Green Bay's favor? I mean, you're betting against something that's never been done before. If you if you if you want to take LA there, so take that one to the bank, folks. Yep, go for it. So my my pick is LA Rams to cover, but Green Bay most likely to win. This is going to be a tight tight game. Who you got? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup for sure. I'm going to go Rams to cover as well. Uh, 
I think so. I, I think this this game has the potential to get out of hand in favor of the Packers, but I don't think it's going to go that way. I think I think the Rams are going to have a good game plan and they're going to minimize like like we said before. They're going to minimize what got what they ask Goff to do. They need him to not have any turnovers. I think if he can just not have any turnovers, they allow the defense to get pressure on Rodgers, and they're going to need to make some big plays defensively. I don't know that they need to score a defensive touchdown, like we said last week, but um, obviously Ramsey versus Adams, right? Like it's obvious, but that seems to be a big uh, a big key to the game. Adams a little bit uh, less of a, um, I guess, physical receiver and maybe like pure deep threat, more of a precision route runner who might be more quick than fast. So that first step guy. Yep. So that presents a different challenge than DK, but. I mean, Ramsey looks so good. I, I, he can I do it all. I think he can lock down Devontae Adams, honestly. And for the Packers, I don't, maybe I just feel this way. Maybe this isn't true, but I feel like they're kind of choke artists in the playoffs and they don't really have a rep as that. I feel like no one talks about it, but I mean, they've only the, won one Super Bowl with yeah, Aaron Rodgers. When was the last time they got it? I mean, they've only been to one Super Bowl, right? Um, I, I think, think so. I think they've only, I mean, not only won one, but only been to one. I mean, for for Green Bay with Rodgers as your quarterback to only go to one Super Bowl, I, I I feel like they don't take enough heat for for like you said, not really beating good teams. And I think, yeah, I I, I like the Rams here. Listen, it's I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't nervous about Jared Goff starting in a in a playoff <laughs> game. I mean, that's that's damn terrifying. But again, also too, hey, he's been to the Super Bowl just as many times as Rodgers this, has. Wow. Think about that for a second. That's crazy. Let that sink yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Also, too, we failed to mention Packers are going to be without their well, what Pro Football Focus rated or who Pro Football Focus rated as the best left tackle in all of football, Bakari, right? Bakari is his name. I think. Bakhtari. Bakhtari. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but he's good at stopping large men from getting there, and so uh, he's not going to be there. So. And there's a very good large man on the other side of the ball, yeah, Aaron exact, Donald. Exactly, Aaron Donald. He, uh, did you see? I, I kind of felt like the look on his face last week, he was like very surprised that he may have gotten injured. Like, he wasn't really sure. Like, did my ribs break? That no, I'm sure he just had them like literally remove them and be like, Yeah, just take it out if it's going to be broken and I've, I can't play. I mean, I've got 12 of them. Yeah, I'll I'm be just, fine. I'm good with 10. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go Rams here as well. Uh, I think they're going to, they're going to come out, they're going to set the tone defensively. I think Goff is going to do enough. Um, and you're going to hopefully see some uh, some big plays, maybe maybe some trick plays, some gadget plays, some creative uh, game planning from uh, from McVay. Yep, love it, love it. All right, Ravens Bills, we're going. I, I last week I took the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Um, Might have been a little preemptive, but I'm 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 going to flop on this one. Oh, and I I I think I said that because when I was drawing up my bracket, I was seeing them playing Pittsburgh and. Not that I'm upset that that changed at all because watching that Cleveland game was awesome and I just could not be happier for the city of Cleveland for that win. But it did mix up Buffalo's path to the playoffs. and Or not path to the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. Buffalo's path to the Super Bowl. And this is a team that Buffalo, when I'm just looking at it on paper, on laptop paper, they do not match up well at all. I'm I'm leaning towards Baltimore in this game. I'm I'm really picking up what they're putting down right now. Lamar looks he looks like he's too fast. 
it, it d- doesn't seem fair. Uh, him and Devontae Smith, are, they, they, we need to figure out what what's in their water because they are – they are so fast and just Baltimore as a, as an entire team has just seemed to find their identity at the right time of the season. They, they were kind of like wavering through pretty much two thirds of the way through the season. We weren't really sure who they were. We weren't sure. Are they good at defense? Can Lamar pass? Does he need to pass? And they found out, no, they don't have to pass that much. And it seems like Lamar gets criticized at every single stop he, he goes to, no matter what he does, there's always some kind of, naysayer about Lamar which I get it you know it, he's not your guy that you'd like ex- he's yeah he's not your guy that you expect to see dominating in the playoffs but if they if they stick with their identity and run the ball hard let, let's just give some stats to you guys um Baltimore has the sixth rank pass defense the second rank uh defense in terms of giving up on scores per drive so they're very good at keeping teams out of the end zone They've got six games where they've forced multiple turnovers and they've only had three games where they've had multiple on offense. So, you know, they're not going to turn the ball over very much. Obviously, if they do, then we can throw this game out and we can say Buffalo is going to beat them if they turn the ball over more than twice. But at so far this season, they have not done that. And that's what's gotten them back into this position right here. Buffalo has the 18th ranked defense in the same type of terms as far as letting teams score and in multi-turnover games, they've had seven on offense. So almost half of their games this year, they've had multi- multiple turnovers, but they've had nine on defense. So they they force more on defense. But let me just do that because I was, I was diving deep into pro football reference. Two of these games were against the Jets. So if you throw those out, it's seven and seven. So they're, they're more of a coin toss when it comes to turnovers. And this is kind of what it comes down to in the playoffs, especially if you see Baltimore able to keep teams out of the end zone, which they've done all year and control the clock. So they, they, they just seem to match up very, very well. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we were, we've been high on Josh Allen these last couple of weeks. I love how he handles the game, but I think this is going to be more on the bills defense to try to stop Baltimore. And that that's kind of going to be the main focus of this week. I think they're going to really have trouble with the run. They're ranked 23rd against the run this year, which uh, if you guys didn't know, Baltimore loves to run the ball. They they are very, very good. They've got basically three running backs and the biggest lineman slash fullback I've ever seen in Patrick Ricard. Yeah. I feel like I just discovered him yeah. like recently, Yeah, but he is un- dude, he's over 300 pounds and he runs like – one of the fastest tight ends in the league. I feel like they should use him a little bit more in their game plan each week. Maybe he's just like the limited, like the special weapon type guy, but the, the physicality of him is just incredible. And when you see him run in front of a, like when he's leading the way, you're like, okay, that's a 10 yard game coming through. He's, he's uh, built different as the, uh, as the kids say, yeah, this is a, no, I mean, I think you, you broke it down pretty well too, Willie. This is, to me, this is the game of the week in the sense that I could see any outcome. If you told me Ravens win big, Bills win big, Ravens win close, Bills win close, I, I could see any of these outcomes uh, happening. Uh, it, it, it was cool to see Lamar get his first playoff win. Uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head with them with him. He just takes so much heat because it looks because it looks different. Um, but you know that's how that's how they play, and that's. 
that's our game plan. I'm going to stick with Buffalo here. So I've got, I've got Buffalo as my pick to cover. Uh, I am fully on board. Uh, Bill's mafia. We're circling the wagons. I love Josh Allen. Uh, but proceed with caution. That is not a, that is not a, this, this is a game I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing just what happens with this. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I could, I could see a lot of different. Uh, obviously, like you said, it's a, it's a tough matchup for Buffalo given the run game. I think they're going to have to. So maybe, maybe the path for so if you're Buffalo, right, you have to come out and overload the box early and just force them to beat you with the pass, right? To press coverage, bring a bunch of guys up to the line, make it difficult to run the ball, try to eliminate some of those short passes maybe that Lamar might get his confidence going with. So this is maybe this point's big to Hollywood Brown had a big game last week. Uh, that was crucial for them. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's a nice, uh, maybe that's a nice parlay. If you like the Ravens in this game, parlay it with a, uh, with a Hollywood Brown over on receiving yards. Cause I think for them to win this game, he's going to, he's probably going to have to end up having a, he having needs a big, big game. play. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll see. I'm, I, this is, this is probably the game I am most looking forward to watching this weekend. Yeah, both these teams are very, very physical, and they they both seem to know their identities very well. So it's it's going to be a great, great matchup of two of two teams that are trending at the right time. Let's go on to Sunday's games. I'm going to be uh, trying to get a little golf round in. If you guys um, are in cold cold cities, yeah, we get to golf right about now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Uh, in what's today, January 14th. So reevaluate. Sorry, priorities. man, but that's, you know, we chose right on this one. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're, I'm golfing early Sunday morning, so I might miss the first half of this game, but I will for sure be sat down watching this Browns chiefs game come down to the end. I'm hoping it's closer. I'm good. We're going to see here. Um, when, I, when I dove into the stats, I, I didn't really like what I saw as far as, as far as uh, statistics go for the Browns in this game, I'm going to share a little bit of those with you. Uh, so I'm basically analyzing Pro Football Focus's simple rating system. So it basically tanks takes their strength of schedule and the margin of victory into consideration, and it kind of gives you an average of each one of them. And if you guys didn't know this, the Browns have been outscored on offense and defense this year. So they, although they are 12 and five overall, they have scored less than they have given up, which is kind of crazy to think That's of for a, for a playoff team. But uh, you, some of those were blowout, like three of them were blowout games and the rest of their games were really, really close. They've uh, when you look at the chiefs, the chiefs are ranked with a 6.8 rating, meaning they outscore their opponents by an average of 6.8 um, kind of averaging between home and away. So with the, with this rating, you've got a two point plus for the team that is playing at home. So that, that technically puts the Chiefs, since they're playing at home, at an 8.8. Cleveland, uh, like I said, they've been out outscored by their opponents, and they got crushed by Baltimore. They got crushed by Pittsburgh. They lost to the Jets. They've won one-score games against Cincy twice. They beat Houston 10-7. to They beat Philly by less than a score, Indy by less than a score, and Tennessee by less than a score. Uh, so... As, as the more I look at these stats, the more I'm thinking like the Browns are just a gritty team and they've done an excellent job of getting to the point where they're at right now. But for them to win this game just doesn't seem realistic to me. I, I love the chiefs here and 
if if I if you're gonna make me put some money on this game, I'm I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win too, and to cover even even if it's ten to ten and a half. When I added up those uh, SRS numbers, it came out to about a ten point four in the favor of Kansas City. So the the line is currently at ten, and the over under is at fifty seven. So if I'm gonna actually be taking any of these. I'd probably prefer the over of this game just so you can try to see some points. The Chiefs are rested. Andy Reid off of bye is historically very, very, very good when he has more than one week to prepare. He probably thought he was going to be preparing for a different team this weekend, but I think he wasn't upset when they said, hey, you're playing the Browns instead. So uh, I I would look for KC to, to get up big and then, you might possibly see like a backdoor cover with Cleveland, depending on if they're kicking field goals or going for touchdowns at the end of the game. But I, I think the chiefs are going to handle them here. Jaime, what do you got for your pick? Well, as much as I want to go with the Browns and I love Baker Mayfield to me, this has classic letdown game written all over it. The Browns are coming off their first playoff victory in 20 uh, something years. Uh, Overheated division rival, uh, you know. A lot of energy goes in. Yeah, game. a lot of it. It was one of those ones too. They, I felt like they kind of rallied around the fact that they were missing so many players. They that was def- their Super Bowl, exactly. So to to me, this this smells like a a massive uh, Browns come out flat game. I know you should that shouldn't happen in the playoffs, but the Chiefs also have the type of offense. I mean, I could see them getting up twenty one zero early and it just it being over from there. Uh, I hope it's more competitive, but this is going to be one. I'm staying away from this in terms of in terms of betting, but I would uh, I would be taking the Chiefs to cover here. I I just I'm I'm hoping that Baker and the boys can get it done because I I love what he stands for and I love how competitive he is, how fiery he is. Um, yeah, don't let us take anything away from yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, but... ab- absolutely. And you know, for the Cleveland fan base, that that would be awesome to see, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Kansas City is gonna gonna end up dominating this game. Yeah, I like that pick there. All right, so we're going to the last game, and we've got some we've got some uh, what? How should I call it? We've got some terms to this game. We, we've got what I'm gonna call the Bourbon Street bet. Stakes. So as you guys know, last week you're gonna go check out the Instagram right now at Rally Caps on Podcast, and you'll see me on the story, and I'll probably make it an actual post here in a sec, but. You'll also, uh, public service announcement here. I know our listenership is uh, 100% male. The picture you guys are going to see, do, do not let your significant other, do not let the cute girl that you're trying to hide woo, your girl. Hide, your, hide your girl. Because if they see this, they're not going to be your girl anymore. <laughs> so, yes, there's a shirt of me wearing the TB12 t-shirt, and it uh, it don't fit, but... I'm wearing it anyways because a bet is a bet, boys. If you ever lose a bet, by the way, and you don't honor it, you're not my friend. Yeah, that you're you're not a you're not a rally caps on podcast listener either. I'm just gonna throw that out there and just say you're disqualified from listening if you're not gonna follow through on a bet. If you make bets and don't pay up, you you are honestly the worst type of person. <laughs> yes. So let, letting that be said, we're gonna do this to the fullest extent. And then we're going to talk and do an analysis of this game. So the Bourbon Street bet is what I like to call it. This is a friendly wager, but we will take this seriously. So if the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game, I will wear the TB12 shirt 
and of of his choice, whether either red or black, to two events, whether that's standing on a street corner holding a sign, or to a party, or to golfing, or to a wedding under like a blazer, or to a business meeting, or whatever. Jaime gets to choose. I will wear it to two events and get a photo slash video doing so. And now for the other side of this, I actually thought of one this week. I, the, the Dwayne Haskins one was good, but I should have mentioned it on the air. But this week, I've got I've got one that could hurt very badly oh, if you lose. Oh. So if the Saints win, you are going to have to take a shot of bourbon of my choice. Depending on how many shots you need to take, I'll make it classy or a uh, – or a cheap bourbon, but so here's how it's going to work. So for every point New Orleans wins by, let's say they win 28-24, so that would be four points, you are going to have to take a shot of bourbon for every point that they win by, and we're going to cap it at, what What are we going to cap it at? Tell me, tell me your blackout point. I'm pretty nervous uh, as we approach <laughs> double digits, but we'll cap it at 14. We'll 14. have a... Uh, We'll, we'll go ahead and have 911 on standby. Uh, shout out if any of you guys are ER docs and you want you guys want to come. Uh, yeah, you might need to be like parked clean, outside the house. Clean up my liver, yes. drain my kidneys. So if, if New Orleans wins by two touchdowns, Jaime will be taking 14 shots of bourbon. And then we're going to be recording. How, how long do I have to take 14 shots? I mean, like, um, what type of time period are we talking about here, too, Willie? If, if there's a blowout going on, I'm probably coming over here. Okay, so we'll get it started. During... And we'll try to do it okay. Sunday night. Okay. And you'll have to call out of work on Monday. Okay. Yeah, uh, to my boss, if you're listening, uh, probably – Probably not going to be there 7 a.m. Monday if the Saints win big. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be in contact. I'll be in contact. But maybe uh, we just – we uh, you know, we line someone else up to cover. Yeah, which is fair. Hey, a bet's a bet. Like, yeah, I mean, like, he's like, going like, to understand completely. Like we said earlier, you pay your bets. Yes. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, like, a, I'm like a Lannister. I always pay my debts. The only <laughs> difference – I don't have intercourse with my sister. So yeah. Game of Thrones reference. I don't. Yeah. I don't really understand it, but I, I'm, I'll trust you on that one. All right. So that is the bet. So if 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 New Orleans comes out hot and just smokes them, then we've got quite the bet going on. And if Tampa Bay keeps it rolling, then I'm gonna probably just keep trying to double down and like I might have to like get like a TB12 like tattoo or something if they win it all, but. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll we'll draw it up if they keep on if they keep on rolling here. But so I this is this is how we're gonna go for it. T Willie, what do you what do you think the number is for me? How many shots do I get to before I am blacked out? Do you, do you do you think let's let's bet on the bet? Am I making it to four? Can I make it to fourteen? Um, I think if you prepare yourself correctly, okay, so you're gonna have to eat well throughout the day. Carb up, a lot of bread, right? That's a thing. Yeah. Bread in the stomach. No, we might need to do some research. Okay, I mean, I think our college, uh, like our college bodies, could pretty much handle any amount of shots that we pumped into them. But at our at our Advanced uh, older age, age yeah, we, we might need to do some actual research on how to handle our our liquor here because I'm probably going to partake in at least a couple with you. So I feel like that's fair, and we know T Willie can attest to. This. I'll take as many as Tom Brady throws touchdowns in the game too. Okay, so. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So you're you. Pencil, uh, pencil T. Willian for seven shots of bourbon. There, that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, this, folks, this should be interesting. Um, historically, large numbers of shots have have gone super they've, well. They've given Garini trouble, uh, and when I say trouble, 
typically it's ended in in disastrous circumstances. But but again, it's 2021. Uh, we feel good about our makeup. I'm a little bit heavier coming out of the holidays yeah. than I have been. I feel like you know typical 190 195 can't really handle it as much. But at the you know at a pretty stout 205, maybe tipping at 208 after a after a long day yeah, of uh, snacking. No, yeah, we, we don't know yet, but. Yeah, I no, I we feel confident about it. We we've, we've been preparing for this. We know we failed in the past, but we're we're optimistic moving forward. Yeah. All right. So, regardless of the bet, let's go over a little bit of stats on both of these guys. So, uh the common theme that you're going to hear all week. Let, let me start with the line first. Let me backtrack a little bit. The Saints are 3-point favorites. I think that's just because they're playing at home. They kind of give a 3-point bump to whoever's at home this week. Home field advantage doesn't necessarily mean so much when these are division rivals, and they've played each other three times. So the over-under is 52. So there's going to be some scoring. It's going to be in the mid – I mean, 28-24 is pretty much – is 52. So that's that's kind of what they're seeing happening here. You know, it's going to be three, four touchdowns each team. It's going to be a shootout. These teams are going to be duking it out, and it just depends on who's going to come out on top. But the common thing that you're going to hear all week has been – will be that it's hard to beat Tampa Bay three times in one season. I don't think Tom's ever lost to a team three times, even like in a span of two years, like not a single division opponent beat him more than twice ever. So this is, this is very, very hard for the saints to, to beat him three times. But if there is a team that's built to beat him, it is the new Orleans saints. And I'm going to get into that right now. So they've been 12 and four this entire year without their top receiver, Michael Thomas. He's been, uh, he was, what was he suspended? He was, he's well, kind of had the uh, gone through the ringer this year. Garrido's guys use their first overall pick on Michael Thomas. So sure. I'd love to break Solid it down move. for you. Solid uh, move. Yeah. You know, better than this. Most of the year with an ankle injury was suspended for a fight with a teammate came back. Missed more time with an ankle injury, was largely ineffective. Uh, and that's pretty much been Michael Thomas MIA this year. Yeah, and he scored his first touchdown of the season last week. So um, I'm also going to throw a – that this isn't a real stat. It might be a real stat, but it to me it seems legit. I kind of just drew it up in my head. The only team to finish – this is true. They are a top five offense – with two quarterbacks starting four games each. So I don't know if that's ever happened before. I obviously off the top of my head, I haven't been able to think of anything like that, like for a backup to come in and keep them at that level of a, being a top five offense in the league. But that's what they have right now. And so now they are they should be healthy going into this game. They've got two completely different styles that they can throw at Tampa Bay which are both very effective and they have a top five defense on top of that to top it off. They are going to be missing their top pass rusher, Trey Hendrickson on this year, who's leading the league in or lead, not leading the league, but leading the team in sacks. He's, I think he's top five in the league, but um, the, I guess the only thing that really concerns me about new Orleans is the last couple of years. They've been, kind of snake bitten when it comes to this game or the conference championship game, as far as the Minnesota Vikings play the uh, play last year against the Ram. Was it last year or two years ago? The one, the Rams pass interference. I think it was two years ago, two years ago. So, I, I mean the last three seasons, Oh, the, the year before that was, or last year was the pass interference. 
Yeah. I think two years ago, because they instituted the pass interference replay last year as a result of of that. Yeah, so they're a year late, basically, yeah. on trying to F they've the Saints bad, over. They've, they've had bad luck in the playoffs. Yes. We'll sum it up to they've had very bad luck in the playoffs. I feel like that can't <laughs> continue to happen, but the, the other thing uh, that's going against them is Killer Tom. He... He does he does not let a lot of things stand in his way to winning football games. Uh let, let, let's note before we get into Mr. Tom Brady that Evans and Godwin have been limited in practice all week. Not that they need to practice, but that to me that says that they're not at a hundred percent. They is is and a positive thing about Tampa Bay is they've only had two turnovers in the last five weeks on offense. So that is huge. Most teams are usually about an, like one per game. And for them to be doing that going into the playoffs says a lot about them. That means they, they're they feeling it. They know exactly what offense they're running and how to get the ball down the field and into the end zone. In this game, we talked, we talked a couple episodes ago. Maybe it was like episode three or four. They're all kind of munching together we're now. Together but, at this point. but we talked about, I'm sure you guys remember this, Teams that are top 10 in both offense and defense. And both of these teams finished in, in, in each of those categories. So Tampa and New Orleans finished top five or top 10 offense, top 10 defense. And historically, I think it was 18 out of those 24, the last 25 Super Bowl winners have won the Super Bowl with a stat like that. And the only other team that's still alive is the Chiefs that have that number. So it, to me, that what that tells me is the winner of this game is going to the NFC Championship and probably going to win it. So I, I'm really liking what's going to happen this weekend. This is going to be the last game of the week, so we're going to be uh, recording the pod right after that, and we're going to be seeing exactly what goes on. Jaime might be extremely drunk next time you hear from him. So, Jaime, what do you got on this game? Who, I mean, I know who you're taking, but well, what do you think is going to happen? Well, uh, as you guys may have guessed, I'm going to be going with the Tampa Bay, Tampa Brady Buccaneers uh, to win and cover. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a good one. Um, the Saints have a great defense that poses a threat for Tom uh, and the rest of the Bucks. You know, let's give let's give them credit too. But I I feel. I felt like watching that game last week. I know a lot of people have been uh, – I've heard a lot of chatter about people saying, so what, they beat the Washington football team. They're 7-9. It wasn't even a good team anyways. But statistically, that was an elite defense, and Tom pretty much had his way with them. He hit, uh, I think, the emergence of uh, Cameron Brate at tight end. He seemed to have a really good connection there. We know historically Tom loves throwing to his tight end, so that's another huge weapon for him. Uh, the connection with Scotty Miller looks good. Godwin and Evans, I, they're fine. They're they're managing workload ahead of ahead of them playing. I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, I think Ronald Jones should be back for this game as well. Fournette looked pretty good. Antonio's getting the ball. Antonio Brown, lest we forget. So I mean, I I, I just went through it right. They uh, got about seven weapons there. Yeah, and uh, the the ta- uh, tackle out of Iowa Worf Worf Tristan Worf Tristan Worf he he's like really coming to his own. That was a great, a great pick by them to protect Tom. So I feel really solid about the offense. To me, this comes down to um, the defense for, for Tampa Bay. Can they, can they contain the saints? Can they, and can they handle Alvin Kamara? Right. I mean, that's the, 
to me, that's the difference maker. I, at this point in his career, I got I have to be honest, I'm not, I'm not scared of Drew Brees. I just, I don't think, you know, I think he can win a game, but I don't think he's going to beat you. Um, if I, that's probably the best way I can put it. The whole, the Taysom Hill thing to me, I've never been a fan of this, this gadget stuff when he comes in. I, I just think it detracts from the offense and the rhythm that they're trying to do that. They'll be, Tampa Bay is going to be prepared for that. So um, I think it comes down to, uh, to Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. I don't know. Either one. Either one. Yeah, um, Alvin, Alvin. I like to call him Alvin. Makes Alvin? Me, makes me think of the chipmunks. Um, Alvin and Dalvin. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cooks. That's kind of funny. I don't know how that works. But regardless. Um, You're just thinking of those shots that you're about to Yeah, I, they're, they're, they're weighing heavy on my mind and my liver. Don't Maybe my them. kidneys. Don't so, let them this game's over. so, yeah. So, we'll see what Tampa Bay's defense can do. I, th- I think they're going to get it done. I just, I just think that this is a team of destiny. I love what they're doing offensively. I think they're clicking. Um, they seem to have really good chemistry and they're coming together. And to me, the saints have been a story all year of, I don't trust breeze. Thomas hasn't been who they've need net, uh, needed him to be. Um, so this is going to be a good matchup. Uh, you know, if I, I'm going to say the number's eight for me, if I, if I end up needing to take more than eight shots, there's, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers, send them out for me, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, it'll be necessary. I'll have some, I'll have some sharp words on the podcast for sure. Yeah. Luckily, this is digital content. Yeah, so keep your children away from the next podcast if the Saints win. If you hear some scuffling, you'll know that I'm trying to scrap with T. Willie. Um, <laughs> when you hear me squealing, that's that's him submitting me. Um, but like I said, thoughts and prayers, folks. But yeah, TB12 all the way. All right. I like it. I like it. So I'm excited for this entire weekend. We're going to send out a couple polls before we get started. Who you guys' picks are, what you guys are thinking. If you got any questions for us, just zing them right at us on Instagram. That's kind of where we want to communicate with you guys the most. Again, we appreciate you listening. If you're still with us here, tell a friend, let them know. We are so thankful to have you guys and enjoy this weekend. Be safe, be responsible, and rally caps on. All right, guys, obviously we didn't get to it today, but we will be reviewing the HBO Tiger Doc. So, um If you guys haven't seen it yet, you get a chance to catch up on that. We're going to be going episode one review on Monday and then episode two review on Friday, I believe. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, Really looking forward to uh, breaking that down and and, uh, seeing what's what. I mean, this, this this is something I've been looking forward to.